Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Thank the Lord for his sanctuary. Thank the Lord for his safe place. Thank the Lord for... Because when we come here to a safe place, it should be a priority in our lives that we want to be in the sanctuary of the Lord so that we can gain strength and we can go out into this world not to be influenced by the world, but to be an influencer. That we can influence the world. That's what the world needs today. Amen. So I pray that everything you glean from his sanctuary, you can take it back out into this world and you can make a difference in this world. Can I hear an amen? Amen. The book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 and 2. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. I want to preach to you the eyes of a child, the eyes of a child. You may be seated. Amen. The eyes of a child. I know in this uh, season, this is a season least expect it when God begins to move and great things take place. Amen. But it's human nature. Human nature is to find out who is the greatest. Now, I know that that, uh, you know, it's kind of driven in our world. You know, everybody wants to be the greatest. They want to have the greatest, the greatest record of run time, the greatest record of, of uh, wins of a game. They want the greatest uh, stats in baseball, football, basketball, whatever. It is a drive with that is uh, is to drive us to the greatest things. I know that in human nature, it and, and I, I know with all of us, we just want to see what the greatest thing is, and and even with the disciples here in these scriptures, we find that. The book of Matthew, chapter 18, they asked the question. Uh, at, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So I, I feel today that I need to revisit this 
because it is a it is a thought that is so simple, so easy to understand of what really the greatest is. We think the greatest could be someone that has made some great strides and done some great accomplishments. Their name is in lights. Some people in this world think they are the greatest. Uh, I know there's some sports uh, players that have, all, that have said they're the greatest. They've boasted that they're the greatest. There's politicians that have said that they are the greatest, and in their own eyes they think they are the greatest. But yet, really, when it comes down to it, the only thing that really matters of what the greatest is is what is the thoughts of the Lord of what the greatest is. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the creator of our, creator of our lives. And what he thinks is the greatest and what he desires to be the greatest is of absolute importance that that is the greatest. It doesn't matter what man thinks. It doesn't matter what we think is the greatest. Uh, I, someone that says that they are the greatest, I tend to back away from and try to get away from because I'm thinking they've got a whole lot of pride in their heart to think that they're the greatest because there will come a day that there will be a fall and they'll realize that I'm not the greatest. <laughs> so the greatest in God's eyes comes from the most unexpected place. And as they ask Jesus, Jesus just simply called in verse 2, a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and began to describe who was the greatest. You know, as we, as we enter to this season of Christmas and celebration of Christ, uh, the joy, there is a great joy of seeing the excitement that's on the eyes of the bright eyes of a child when they wake up on Christmas morning and, uh, they're ready to go in. Sometimes it's even hard to sleep the night before. They might lay in bed at night thinking about opening up gifts, tearing off bows and wrapping paper, and opening up presents to see maybe shiny new toys or a bicycle or whatever. And uh, there's nothing like the excitement of a child at Christmas time. Uh, the, the way they look at things, the way they're so excited, they take the toys, they play with it and, and uh, wear it out and have such a wonderful time doing that. I, I, I know that because I've been through the same thing and you have too. If you're an adult, you've been here for, uh, on this earth for several years or whatever, you still have an excitement thinking back about those days when you were a child and, and at Christmas time and you... Uh, couldn't sleep and open up the gifts. I know my parents, they, they put a lot into Christmas and they wanted to have, uh, give their, their sons something they never had. And I know that was the thought of my parents. But as adults, we do understand today, looking through the eyes of a child is, is a whole new world you know, as, as we grow into adulthood, we're looking through eyes of adults, and it, it tends to have a lot, of, um, a, a lot of refractions there. It has a lot of tainted thoughts. There's a lot of letdowns, and it's affected the way we look at things. There's a lot of failures through the years of living, uh, but there's a lot of victories also. And there have been times that Lies have been told, and hurts, and sickness has come, and it's affected 
the way we look at things as an adult. But to a child, it's totally different. To a child, the way they look at things is through trust and through faith that it's going to be okay. They're excited about things. They don't look at the hardships. Some children have been through hardships. They've been through struggle. And it's sad that, that sometimes it affects their life to a point where they have to enter into adulthood at such an early age and uh, because of the way and things that life has brought them. But with a child, uh, the way they look at things, they have a trust that nobody's going to hurt them. They have a faith that you're going to come through and they believe everything that you tell them. That is the viewpoint of a child. That's looking through the eyes of a child. That's the way they think because they haven't been through the hardships of life that adults have been through and that adults, because of the hardships, it's clouded their view of things, their view, their eyesight. It has changed and it affects them in a way of fear. It affects them in a way of distrust. It affects them in a way of a lack of faith. But when you view through the eyes of a child, it's totally different. It shows the temperament, of course, of, a, of, of Jesus. When you take these scriptures in the book of Matthew chapter 18, and as he called the child over to him, it shows the temperament of who Jesus was that the child would come to him when he called. There was nothing to fear in Jesus. There was nothing to be afraid of in Jesus. They came. The child came and sat down on his lap. And, and it also shows about the trust and the faith of the child to simply come to Jesus. You see, what, a, what, an, what an effect it was upon the child to come and sit on the lap of Jesus for him to begin to describe to the disciples that if you're asking the question of who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven, it's simply this child and the way this child looks at things determines how great a person is in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was giving, has given us all an invitation to come to him. He's given everyone, children and adults alike, an invitation to come. We find this in the book of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. He said, very familiar verses, we could probably even quote it, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, if we take that invitation and look at it through the eyes of an adult that has been hurt, that's been torn down, that's been through struggles of life and understanding, that, that they might look at that invitation like a lack of trust in it and a lack of faith in it. But when you consider that Jesus has not ever failed us ever in our lives, we don't have a reason to not trust him. We don't have a reason to not believe in him. But he's looking at the greatest in the kingdom of heaven as a child. 
that trusts, that humbles themselves, and has faith to trust in him and in his invitation. Adults have circumstances that taint their view. Life, it's hard. God doesn't care about me. He won't answer my prayer. Other people, the way they have used me and abused me. Hope is doubtful through the view of an adult a lot of times. Not all, but in a lot of cases. Love has its struggles because you've been hurt. You begin to guard your heart because if you allow your heart to be open, you've left yourself open to be hurt. That's the thing about love. Love opens yourself up for the possibility of being hurt. But that's the only way to truly love. You won't allow themselves to get hurt again. You're going to put up the guard. You're going to put up the shield. You're going to keep yourself from getting hurt. Abuse has damaged their innocence and affected their life from that point on. You see, looking through the eyes of someone hurt clouds the view of what God really wants you to see. He doesn't want you to see the hurt. He doesn't want you to see the struggle. He doesn't want you to see the doubt and unbelief. He just wants you to simply understand that the greatest in the kingdom of, of heaven is those that humble themselves before the Lord and open themselves up with their heart wide open and saying to the Lord, Lord, I trust you that you're not going to hurt me. I trust you. You're going to be faithful to me. I trust you, God, because you showed in your example that you went to the cross and you laid down your life for me and you gave your life for my soul. You shed your blood. You proved yourself to me. And you continue to prove yourself over and over and over again. If prayers have not been answered as of yet, here's the way we got to look at it. It's not God's time frame yet. And the way God's going to answer it is going to be right and it's going to be right on time. He's not off. He doesn't have to go by a Timex watch or a Rolex. He doesn't have to go, but his, his timepiece is a whole lot better than any other timepiece man could make. He knows the right time. He knows the right way to do it. And he's right on time. We can trust in him. But the Lord wants you to be healed and believe again. He wants you to believe again. He wants you to open yourself wide open to him and simply trust and believe in him again and be healed if a parent enjoys the excitement of a child opening presents and trusting and having faith that you're going to come through what you say you're going to come through with, if a parent enjoys that excitement so much of a child, think of what the Lord feels when he sees his children believing and excited about him. The gifts that he gives us, the blessings that he pours out upon us, 
the times we come into the house of the Lord, can you imagine? He's, I know that the Lord has got to be excited when we are getting ready to have church because when, when, when we come into the house of the Lord, He knows that He's got some gifts for us to give out. And what we need to do when we walk into the sanctuary of the Lord, a place of peace, a place of hope, a place of victory, a place of conquering, a place of renewing, a place of renewing our commitment and our relationship with Him, I know that the Lord is all excited for his children because he is excited we're going to walk into this place we're going to be in the presence of the Lord we're going to unwrap those gifts and those bows and take them away and see what God has for us today he's excited he's more excited than a parent on Christmas day when he sees a, when a parent sees a child opening a gift with their eyes bright open and so excited about what's happening what they have received God is so excited for his people when we receive the things that he wants us to receive. He's excited about that. But we've got to look at it through the eyes, through the eyes of a child. There's a song, Christmas song that says, Till I had you, I didn't know that I was missing out. Had to grow up and see the world through different shades of doubt. Give me one more chance to dream again, one more chance to feel again through your young heart, if only for one day, help me try. I want to see Christmas through, through your eyes. I want everything to be the way it used to be, back to being a child again, thinking the world was mine. I want to see Christmas, Christmas through your eyes. goes on and says, I see the rain, you see the rainbow, hiding in the clouds, never afraid to let your love show. Won't you show me how? Want to learn how to believe again? Find the innocence in, my, in me again. Through your heart, young heart, help me find a way. Help me try. I want to see Christmas through your eyes. I want to, everything to be the way it used to be. Being Back to being a child again. Thinking the world was mine. I want to see Christmas. Christmas through your eyes. It's about an adult that is saying, I want to see Christmas through the eyes of a child again. I want to see the freshness. I want to see the excitement. I want to see the, 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 the joy again. I want to see the bright eyes. I want to see the, 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 the beauty of everything that is around me. You, you, you see the rainbow. I see the clouds. I see the, the rain hiding in the clouds. The way you look at it, you're never afraid to let your love show. You're excited. You give hugs. You give kisses, you hold hands, you love, you care. It's a simple humbling, humbling of our lives before the Lord. But can you imagine what the Lord feels when we come into his presence and he's ready to give gifts out? And it's not just at Christmas time. It's gifts that he gives every day. And it doesn't always just have to be at the house of God. It can be just in life in general, every day that we walk, every day we pray, every time we pray, crying out to the Lord God, we're receiving a trust and a faith in you that you're going to help us. You're going to give us gifts, excited about it. But the bruises of life makes it hard to believe like a child. But God wants us to look at him through the eyes of a child. You know, the message of Christmas is to find healing from the past hurts, 
That's what it's all about. Find a new beginning. Be covered and cleansed by his mercy and grace. That is why he came to this earth to give us hope. When we stayed in Bethlehem, it was not the place that you would think a king would come from. When we, lived, we stayed in a hotel in Bethlehem, we had to cross through a border. Of course, at that time, they didn't have the fence there. But it was a different place. It was not a place that you would think that a king would allow himself to come to. But it's all about the plan of what the Lord is talking about here with the child being the greatest in the kingdom. He was showing that it's all about humbleness. Humbleness before the Lord. The Lord humbled himself in a manger. Humbled himself in a stable. Humbled himself in a place where they didn't have a place to go. The hotel was full. They had to go out to the stable outside of the hotel. But who is the greatest in the kingdom of the Lord? It's all about humbleness. Matthew 18, 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as a little child, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4 sums it all up. Who are we talking about is the greatest in the kingdom? It's not just that it's a child, but it's the attitude of the child. It's the thinking of a child. It's the nature of a child. It's, a, it's the feeling of a child. Verse 4 says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child. The same as the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So if you're trying to put it in a, in a, in an understanding here today, he used the child as an example of the greatest in the kingdom of heaven because of their humbleness to the Lord. Goes on and says in verse 5, And whoso shall receive one such little child of my name receiveth me. And whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Pretty straightforward stuff. But what he's coming down to, to pinpoint any one thing of the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And I know we want to know. Who is the greatest? How can we become the greatest? It's to use the example of a child and to humble ourselves before the Lord in an altar repentance, in a life that is humbled through a commitment and a relationship with God, a commitment of faith, no matter what comes our way, a commitment of trust, and in our our, our, our world that we're living in right now, we're seeing the book of Revelations come to pass. We're seeing things fulfilled right now in, in front of our very eyes. But does that stop our faith and trust in God? No, it needs to bring us to more of a place of humbleness before Him. That I trust Him more. Amen. There are going to be things that will come upon our world that the world can't even imagine is happening. And it's happening now. And the Bible says it will get worse and worse. But to the church, to those that are greatest in the kingdom of heaven we need to follow the example of a child of humbleness before the Lord 
trust in the Lord. No matter what the world does, no matter what the world says, no matter the direction that the world's going, to just simply say, Lord, I trust you. I humble myself before you. I, you know what humbleness means? It means taking our pride, our ways, our plan, and throwing it aside and saying, Lord, I'm following your plan, your will, your desire. I humble myself and commit myself to you. Are you with me? We must find our place in God again. In our walk with the Lord, it's important for us to go back and and renew things in the Lord. Go back and search our hearts again. Search our life. Are, Are we still walking in a humble way? Are we taking it in our own hands and doing it the way we want? it to be done or we are are we doing it the way God wants it to be done we must find our place in God again where we believe the Lord for anything where our eyes are bright with the love of God again we must find our place in God again where the hope is the dream that we live for the hope of Jesus To trust, not tainted by past hurts, but trust the Lord. No matter what we go through, what we're faced with, whatever struggle comes our way, that we just simply trust the Lord with everything. That we simply throw ourselves into the arms of the Lord and trust that He's going to hold us close and protect us. Amen. Just a simple faith. Ask and ye shall receive. It's the Word of God. Amen. To believe that if you speak to that mountain, it will be cast into the sea. And believe that you receive it. It's a simple faith. Going back to that place where I humble myself before the Lord. And forgiveness to others. And love without conditions. I just trust the power of the word of God. That's where God wants us to go back to. And regain again that humbleness before the Lord. Because that is the greatness of those that are a part of the kingdom of heaven. We need to let God heal our lives and begin and begin to believe again with a tenderness and sensitivity that only comes from him. Just to begin to begin to believe again. I was talking Wednesday night to the those that were here I I was talking about sometimes we just need to go back and get that new convert spirit. <laughs> that new convert spirit. You know what the new convert spirit is, don't you? That new convert spirit is that I can't wait to get to the house of God. I got to get right where the downspout of the glory of God is pouring out. <laughs> I don't want to be out of that flow. I've got to get to that place where I can pray and seek God. I've got to hear the word of the Lord. I'm, I'm hungry for the presence of the Lord. I'm hungry for the power of his word. I'm hungry for more of God. I remember saying to my pastor, tell me, pastor, what I need to do. I want to get close to the Lord. If I have to come to the altar every service and pray and repent over and over and over again, whatever it takes, I want to humble myself before the Lord because the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is not just one, not just two, not just three, but anybody that takes the invitation of the Lord and says, God, I want to surrender it all to you. I want to be right where the glory's poured out. Amen.
We need to, we need to believe again. We need to trust again. We need to put our faith in him again. Amen. Not just a little bit of faith, not just a little bit of trust, but our full faith in him. I'd like for us to close our eyes here today. Matter of fact, why don't we, why don't we go ahead and stand? And I want us to just close our eyes before the Lord. As you have your eyes closed before the Lord, I want you to think about how glorious this gift of God is to us. I want you to think of how the Lord has gave himself for us, surrendered his life as the sacrifice for us. Can you catch a vision of him right now? That perfect gift to us and to the world. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That invitation of the Lord where he went to the cross and shed his blood for us, gave his life for us. And let it give us a new look at Christ a different light. A different light than the way we've been looking at Him. But let us view the Lord through the eyes of a child that humbles themselves before the Lord. As we unwrap this gift and we give Him gifts of our life to Him. As we unwrap the gift, we couldn't have asked for a greater King than who he is. Let us look at him through the eyes of a child of total faith, total trust, total hope. So what made the, made the child the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is that they humble themselves toward the Lord. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Let us believe again. Not partially, not possibly, but let us believe again with all of our heart that whatever we ask God for, he will give it to us. Whatever we seek the Lord for, He is there for us. When we ask for Him to protect us, He will cover us under His wing. He will cover us and protect us. He has angels around us ministering to us. And when we come into the sanctuary of the Lord, His presence will be there. We cannot survive without Him. as we consider the gift that he's given to us of himself. I want us to rejoice in him today. I want to open these altars up for us to come and humble ourselves before the Lord because it's the humbleness
that is the key, the humbleness as of a child, with full trust, with full faith. I want us to come and bow down at this altar here. In an act of humbling ourselves before the Lord. He's here today. He has not gone far from us. He is right here with us. And he's ministering here today. Here today are going to be great children of God in the kingdom of heaven because we're humbling ourselves before him. Not just an act of going through the motions, but literally pouring your heart out upon this altar and a humbling ourselves before him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I lay it all out here, God. I pour it all out. I'm tired of holding it on myself. I give it to you for you to direct, for you to guide, for you to lead. I give it to you today in the name of Jesus.